0: Rick Camp in studio. Oh, solo Mayo, that's Rick
1: Camp in the SCORE studios in downtown Chicago. No virus stops us. Well,
0: Rick Camp in studio. And Rick Camp in studio.
1: Welcome in on 670 The SCORE. I am Rick Camp. I'm here with you until Nine o'clock. Great job by Brian Callahan on the other side of the glass with that open. And this hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call 1-877-CARS-WITH-A-K, the number four kids. Excited to be here with you until nine o'clock on, I mean, the last two days of news just piling in the way it has, has just been absolutely Insane going from the little drips that we'd been getting of possible baseball deals to now everything with the NFL starting to ramp up as you get closer and closer to free agency with that legal tampering period starting on Monday. Selection Sunday is here, which also made me realize that I don't know anything about college basketball being so heavily invested in the NBA doing Bulls post game and, you know, doing all my uh, betting work that I do over at four for four. But I'm excited to get to all of that with you tonight. Some positivity on the Bulls' front as well, which has kind of gone under the radar due to all the baseball and NFL news. So on the show tonight, this whole first hour is going to be you and me. I want to start by going over what some of the Bears things have been over the course of these last couple days. Nothing necessarily that shocking. Khalil Mack moves were always on the table. Goldman and Cohen getting released, sure. That was things to be expected. Darrington Evans. Okay. That's kind of a thing. The news in the NFL with Deshaun Watson, obviously, a couple moves here and there for baseball. The Cubs signed a shortstop that can at least be on the major league roster in Andrelton Simmons. We'll get to that at 7 o'clock. We'll speak with Brian Perez at Brian Perez NFL on Twitter. You may know him from his time more at. NBC Sports Chicago does a lot of draft stuff now, still very much focused on the Bears. So I saw him right up the Cleo Mack trade. Also just looking at the offseason from a bigger perspective and at the draft a little bit. Now that the Bears have three picks in the top 100, what should they be focused on based on where it looks like maybe the value will be around those picks for the Bears just to kind of get a better idea and then how that pairs with free agency. And the Bears' overall plan, and I'm going to want to get into a lot of that early on. At 740, a name you may not know. For those that listen to the BetQL network, some of them, known as the real ones, you know the name Tyler Morales. Used to be executive producer of You Better You Bet. He now works on BetMGM Tonight, and he's actually going to take a segment off from working BetMGM Tonight to come on with me and educate all of us on college basketball when it comes to The prep levels through college, especially for hoops, Tyler is as invested as it gets. So, and that's literal and figurative. Like he is, he's betting college basketball throughout the year, but also just loves watching it. And especially with, you know, the thick of all conference tournaments going on right now with your big tournaments, a lot of the smaller conferences are already done. A lot of bids are already locked up. This is a time for someone like me to cram and almost act like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to college basketball. Because outside of the guys that are projected to be maybe the top five in the draft, that's really about all I got on college basketball. So I need help from Tyler because you know Sunday night comes around or Monday morning and you go to work and you use company ink to print out your bracket because you don't want to waste your ink at home because ink is too damn expensive. You're going to stare at that thing, it's going to be blank. You're going to be like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Who am I going to pick? Tyler's going to help out a lot with that. Also, probably later in the show, going to get to the Bulls. Alex Caruso, questionable for tomorrow's game against Cleveland. Zach Levine, though, also questionable. So that questionable tag, good on one side, bad on the other. Patrick Williams took part in all non-contact drills today for the Bulls at practice. So. Just slowly but surely, as the Bulls try and maintain their spot in the top six, it's starting to get just that little bit healthier. And maybe they could have some semblance of a defense once Alex Caruso gets back into the fold. 312, 644, 67, 67. I mentioned that this first hour is you and me. So, especially when it comes to the Bears and the NFL, with the big news on the NFL side being Deshaun Watson. The grand jury not deciding to indict him. He still has 22 lawsuits on the civil side that he is dealing with. So we're going to look at this from a a football perspective when we're talking about Deshaun Watson. That's just a preface that I will reiterate as we get closer to it. But to start, I do want to go over much more on the Bears and what their moves indicate for at least what they're going to be in the short term. And just maybe those first little indications that we're getting of what the Bears' plan is. And this does relate probably more to a Khalil Mack trade than the moves on Eddie Goldman, the move on Tariq Cohen. Like that, Those were kind of expected anyway. Pretty much every team is going to trim some of the fat around the edges of their roster where they can maybe save a little bit in cap space just to have the flexibility. Maybe you're able to bring a said guy back on a cheaper deal if it's something that you really want or you just find a replacement that's cheaper that can give you a higher percentage of production than the savings you're going to get in salary or in the bears case, where especially defensively, when you think about a guy like Eddie Goldman, yes, there's him staying on the field and some of the questions about whether he was going to retire or not. It's also just straight up a scheme thing. When you think about at least the very basics of, of the type of defense that we know that it sure seems like Matt Eberflus is going to run a big nose tackle can fit, but it's not the most ideal fit. So Eddie Goldman doesn't fit near as well as he does on a three, four team that's looking for a nose. So his bloated salary along with it not being the best scheme fit. He was just kind of someone that it seemed like was a prime candidate to get cut. Even, after the season, before he even knew who the coach was necessarily going to be for the Bears, but especially once Matt Eberflus got put into charge and he had a good idea of what the defense was going to look like. Tariq Cohen, it's just, there's still a lot of mystery kind of behind where his rehab process went wrong off of his injury that he had in 2020. And if he's not able to pass physical, and then also just, it was a high salary to be paying a guy that, Didn't have that much of like in in a perfect world. If your offense is good, he's a gadget guy. And the best part about gadget guys is generally they're fairly replaceable, unless you have the super high end version of that, which you can't even say a guy like Debo Samuel is even that anymore. That's a focal point of an offense that just can do everything a gadget guy can do and a ton more. So Tariq Cohen was not even that guy, and when he was able to play. He didn't have the consistency that he had had early in his career. So those moves made sense. There were some that said maybe this isn't the time to trade Khalil Mack because there could be some semblance of do the Bears come out with an easier schedule and maybe just see what what could happen this year. Not necessarily full-on run it back, but not go full teardown. And I don't even necessarily know if this is a teardown. Adam Hogue said an hour or two ago, he doesn't necessarily think this is a full tear down for the Bears as much as a strong retool. And that's probably more fair of what it is. But the thing is, when there aren't a whole lot of things to tear down, <laughs> it's, you know, it doesn't, when does that become a semantics argument? So, and I've seen actually a lot of praise for what Ryan Poles has done to this point. Now, some things that I've seen, whether it's on Twitter or just kind of insinuations and how people have spoken about moves, may be a little strong for me at this point, saying this this is the ruthless type of GM that we haven't had, that the Bears have not had, that we have not seen in Chicago. I think that might be a little strong because the guys that he's gotten rid of, Cohen and Goldman made sense anyway, not guys that he brought in. Khalil Mack, he's looking at, and it's like, listen, we have five draft picks this year. That's a huge salary. So to be able to get a two and a six and not keep any of the salary yourself, fine. You end up making that deal because, partially, you can only assume part of that reasoning had to be because Robert Quinn was so good last year. And even if he's regresses, which all logic says he'll at least regress a little bit, maybe you can get by. If you keep Robert Quinn, you let Travis Gibson stay as your other edge guy, primarily in a rotation. And you can get by, but that flexibility that maybe you'll have in 2023 is the thing. And I think that that number that's been floated around, everybody's like, you know, the Bears have 121 million in space for 2023 right now. Yes. Like, that's clearly the focus. And I actually really like that. Could that hurt the Bears a little bit in trying to fill a roster this year with more quality players, sure, that's possible and probably likely. But to just realize probably what this year is going to be and take the resources, at least as polls has described, and as you would logically like to see, take the assets that are available in terms of cap space, draft picks, what have you, and say, you know what? Maybe Matt Eberflus will work on the defense when we can, but we have this young quarterback that we have to figure out if he's a dude before anything else matters. So you might have lesser players, but we need to focus our attention and our assets on the offense and putting an offensive line and skill position players around Justin Fields. And say, this is, you know, this has to be the focal point of this offseason. And everything else, maybe not full on be damned, but something close to that for the sake of this one offseason, be able to get a better idea of okay, with adequate talent, not even great talent around him, adequate talent around Justin Fields, here's how it needs to improve the next offseason. And here's how every other aspect of the team needs to improve to complement that. Whether it's the defense, whether it's style of running game, whatever it, whatever that ends up being, type of receiver, and be able to adjust, and that's why that flexibility in twenty twenty three and prioritizing that is something that I like and makes a lot of sense to me because I don't think there were many, if any, windows the bull, the bulls, the bears were going to have anyway. I was going to do it at some point. You do enough bulls post game shows and you focus on basketball enough, it's just bound to happen. But that's why I like, I at least like, the very extremely early indications that we're getting from Ryan Poles on the perception of what he sees as the issues and how he's starting the approach to possibly address some of them. I mean, once again, this is still so early. And he's admitted, yeah, the Bears probably aren't going to do a whole lot in that first wave of free agency, nor should they. Because even with the little bit of assets they have, they got to fill a ton of roster spots. And that copy-paste for 2023, so that that 121 looks sexy as hell. But you got to break that up a lot of ways to be able to fill a roster, especially when you're short on picks this year. Three in the top 100, which is good, but probably going to have to trade down from at least one of those just to have a respectable amount of draft picks. And then, hey, at least you got that sixth round pick, that extra six in 2023 now because of the MAC trade. So it's really early, and I want to know your thoughts at 312 644 67 We haven't seen a ton from Ryan Poles. And then obviously what we've heard from Matt Eberflus at this point, but it's tough necessarily as much for the coach before they're really getting into their mini camps that they're able to have before they have a draft class, before they have free agents, so that you can can get an indication of truly what they think. Because transactions generally don't lie. Actions don't lie very often. You can hear the press conference. They can put out platitudes. They can say whatever they want. But it's what they do in terms of, yeah, even if it's the second or third wave of free agency, what are the priorities going to be for what's available at the time for the Bears? Skill position, guys? Offensive line? Now, maybe it doesn't end up being exactly what we think based on how the market falls out, because I guess you never really know until everything gets going, which it will early next week. Which, by the way, this this like stretch here of news laid it out, and it took like five minutes to just lay out the bullet point headline of everything that's going on. Oh yeah. Illinois also lost to Indiana to show my level of knowledge in college basketball. I had 100% forgotten that Mike Woodson was the coach of Indiana because being an NBA based guy, I think of him much more for his NBA tenure. So, you know, it's, it sucks for Illinois, but good on Mike Woodson for getting Indiana to, you know, be at that quality already. Go Hoosiers. Are you an Indiana guy? I am an Indiana guy. So that was a nice little uh, nice little win for uh, Woodson and the guys. Okay. Brian Callahan on the other side of the glass today. So I want your thoughts through on 2644-6767 on the text line, phone calls. What do you want to see the Bears prioritize at this point? And from these couple moves that you've seen, you like what you're seeing and also I'm fascinated to see what happens with uh, with Deshaun Watson and how that changes some of the scope of teams that are looking for quarterbacks. What does he end up going for? And once again, I'm just looking at this from a football perspective. If I was an owner of an organization, would I want Deshaun Watson on my team? No. However, if we were in the reality that we're in, he's going to have an impact he's Probably going to still be suspended. I can only assume and hope that he is. But who knows for how long that is. And now that he's not being indicted, someone's going to trade for him. All the reports have said that. Adam Schefter, stop tweeting about Deshaun Watson for a minute. Not doing yourself any favors there. Got a lot to get through tonight. Brian Perez talking Bears in the NFL at the top of the hour. I'm Rick Camp here with you until 9 on The Score.
0: This is Sports Radio 670, The Score, Chicago's sports station. What you see with Mac and when you look at the Eddie Jackson contract and Eddie Goldman, the Bears used these big contracts that they gave guys as credit cards. They went back in, they renegotiated, to free up cap space as they went along. Well, when you're just paying the minimum on your credit card because you needed some nice add-ons for your boat or whatever, eventually that bill gets pretty
1: big and that's what happens with these player contracts. Welcome back to The Score. I'm Rick Camp here with you until nine o'clock that was Big Z Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune on with Mully and Haw this morning. Boy, that's you ever want to make an analogy? Pretty much all of us can uh, <laughs> can get with the uh, overusing a credit card and only paying the minimums. I don't know about the boat part aspect of it that pays that plays more to ownership. So, I, like, I understand it, but man, the one thing I was terrified of when I was in college was credit cards. Like, I, ha- I had. One. And it had a real low limit, and I was cool with the low limit because I never trusted myself enough to like pay it off on time or anything like that. So I avoided using that thing like the plague. Did they ever give you any like swag or any perks or any benefits oh, yeah. to sign up? Yeah, when uh when I saw cause when I was at NIU, it was I, I just signed up for a uh checking account through TCF, I think is what it was or whatever, whatever the bank was at the time. It doesn't really matter which one. And they, they, it's like, Hey, sign up for a checking account. Here's a t-shirt. And there was like something else. If you also signed up for a credit card. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Not going to, not going to deal with any of that stuff. But that's kind of what Ryan Pace did. Ryan Pace, you know, he said he was all in, uh, he was all in a lot and not smartly more often than not. This was tweeted by Adam Johns of the athletic and the Hogan Johns podcast of the Bears. Here's the updated status of all the Bears Pro Bowlers from 2018. Mack traded. Tariq Cohen, released with an injury designation. Mitch Trubisky, the hot QB prospect in free agency. Let's go. Akeem Hicks, free agent. Kyle Fuller, free agent. Didn't have a very good year in, in Denver. Charles Leno, left tackle in Washington. Maybe I should have prioritized keeping him. Eddie Jackson, under contract. Sometimes remembers to, t- to touch guys down when they are uh, in the open field. Cody Whitehair, under contract. He's, he closes the tweet with things change fast in the NFL. I was listening to the athletic football show today and it was Robert Mays, our guy that we have on, on the station, a decent amount. Uh, We have him on Bernstein and Rahimi and we had him on Tuesday this week. Yeah. Tuesday times a flat circle. I never know what day it is anymore. Anyway. And him and Barnwell were talking about Bill Barnwell, VSPN. We're talking about how, Basically, you have to view the NFL and your window as a team in three-year increments. Just because no matter how young your team is and cheap your team is and you think you can have this huge window, basically, unless you have the dude at quarterback, it's damn near impossible to keep a window open longer than three years. Because at that point, you have to think about it logically. And this is something that the Bears are kind of grappling with and a lot of people looking at the Bears are grappling with. And I want your thoughts on what the Bears are doing as well at 312-644-6767. Call, text, get involved. Follow me on Twitter at Rick C. Camp, by the way. is When you think about the three-year window, you think about especially your first-round picks, those are basically four- or five-year contracts because when you have to decide to either extend a guy or maybe try and trade them, for some value before you lose them for nothing. So when you think about it that way, now, especially once with the Russell Wilson example, that started basically a decade ago, it was cheap rookie quarterback, have to maximize everything else on the roster because of what that affords you. Well, then after that time, you have to pay the quarterback. Then you have to scale back everything else as a year or two a transition. Then you have to hope. That your younger guys on the rest of your roster can match up to the latter part of that second contract with your quarterback. And this is where it gets iffy for the Bears, because of how Ryan Pace had everything lined up, and how it kind of feels like Ryan Poles has to handle everything. Where it's almost the opposite of what the logic is right now in the NFL. Because the logic is what I just stated. Cheap quarterback. Spend everywhere else. For the Bears, it may work out where if you have this one-year kind of turnover of the roster where 2022 is probably going to be a rough go. Joe Strowski was on Bernstein and Rahimi today and mentioned that the Bears have some of the longest odds out there for the Super Bowl. That's a thing. So not expected to do a whole lot. So if that's the case, then this is kind of the year where you take you take all the dead money rather not cough into the mic. So use the cough button. You take you take your lumps with the dead cap money this year, so that way you're free and clear to start next season. That's what they that's what they should be doing is essentially take that lump in one one fell swoop, get it out of the way, so that way your GM. And coach and scouting department and whatever changes after the draft, Ryan Poles makes there, because that's a whole nother thing that's weird with front offices, is that a lot of times the scout contracts really go through the draft. So there's only so much, so many changes Ryan Poles has been able to make to the staff that the Bears have. So if like if you're in that position, if I am Ryan Poles, I'd want to have my most opportunity in the pro player personnel market and the college scouting market when I have my people in place. Now, who knows? There's probably, there's been good reports on some of the scouts that the bears have that some people may stay around and that's awesome, but you'd rather have that flexibility to make the roster in theory closer to what you want it to be when you have your people that understand your vision in place. So that's why taking essentially this, this one year hiatus from trading up and, And, you know, using that credit card of all these contracts that are now getting wiped off the books. It's probably the smartest way to do it. However, to get back to the original point, that also sets you up where you're going to start going for it and have a lot of young guys in year three of your quarterback's rookie contract. So instead of having the veteran roster with the rookie quarterback and hope that they can elevate the rookie while he's learning, the Bears are going to have to hope that Justin Fields is a dude and that he can help lift maybe a young defense that struggles while the bears are using some draft capital there. And maybe they're using some of the draft capital on offense while also spending to try and put the infrastructure around Justin Fields in the short term to allow him to develop properly, to be able to have a decent enough offensive line that he's not running for his life to have enough offensive weapons that, you know, you don't have to worship at the altar of Darnell Mooney as the Bears had to do for basically the last two years, which is still just asinine. It's it's crazy. I, and I really like Darnell Mooney as a player too, but man, the, the way they've leaned on him is a thing. So it's not the easier way to do it when you're thinking about those two paths of 52 that have spent for one that is cheap, but it's the most important one by a country mile, the Bears are probably going to have to try and do it the other way around where the one is, spend, is the, having the money spent on him and everybody else is going to have to be cheaper and put everything together when the Bears are kind of, in theory, maybe full tilt with a Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus team. That's probably what you're looking at. 312 644 67 67 is the number. The bottom of the hours brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy Simplified. 847 texture. Next year's going to be a tough one as a Bears fan. Yeah, probably. But the thing is, minor victory here. At least it feels like it's with more direction than this past season. That's the thing. Even if the Bears have more losses than this past season, but it feels like It's with more intention. You're like, yeah, the Bears are bad, but this is supposed to be a bad year, so you can wipe everything out. Remember how that was kind of the beginning of the Ryan Pace with, uh, that was the bad thing with the Ryan Pace being tied to John Fox. Also the fact that John Fox had retired before he got to Chicago and just didn't tell anybody. That part didn't help matters either. But that's the type of thing where just a cohesive plan that makes sense. That's all. There's something on the text line I want to address, too, but before we do that, let's go out to the phones. Joe is in Lockport, and Joe's on the score. Do you really think, I mean, do you really think Fields is any good? Do you really think that Fields is going to be the quarterback of the future for them? Let's say they suck two years in a row. They might get a a high draft pick and go with another quarterback and, and, and start this whole thing over again. I think, I think right now it's too early to say whether he is or isn't. But obviously it would depend on how next year goes, too. Because if it's just like abject disaster, then I think it's fair to really question it. But it would have to be, for me personally, it would have to be extraordinarily bad to be willing to give up on Justin Fields after year two. I mean, would you bypass a high draft pick on another quarterback because you feel that that need is there? I mean, if you're, if you're going to take two, three years before you're good again,
0: and then you're ruining that window of the, uh, the low money on Justin Fields, I mean, it's kind of hard to say. I didn't see anything from Justin Fields in the last, last year that made me think anything positive.
1: See, the th- see, I, I, there were, I, I appreciate the call, Joe. Uh, I think there were definite positive flashes to see last year. I think you're actively looking for to not see those things, If you say, I didn't see anything positive from him. And the thing is too, when we talk about a rebuild in the NFL, everything's sped up in the NFL as opposed to the NBA or baseball, where a rebuild isn't this three to five year thing, or at least if you're doing it halfway respectively, it's not one of those things. It's a year or two. So essentially when we're saying, when I'm bringing up yeah, you're not maximizing Justin Fields and the flexibility that a rookie contract provides. That's because of one or two years. That's not saying because his contract is for five years and it's going to take three or four years to rebuild. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying you're not maximizing every year of that deal. You're not in the most idealized situation for the, for the entirety of what you have. Now, a couple of people on the text line to 312, 644, 67, 67. Would you trade fields for Watson? I mean, personally, I like I said before, personally, I would not want Deshaun Watson as the quarterback of the team that I root for. I just would not. And that is because of everything that's gone on off the field with him. Now, if you're saying as a GM and thinking the way for better or worse, a lot of NFL GMs think. I mean, it would be Fields plus a lot to get that done. Because if you look at what got Russell Wilson to Denver, it would be fascinating to see how a team would, val- would value Justin Fields in trade. That would be an interesting thing, but I'm not doing that. I would much, much rather keep Justin Fields. Because I still think there's a non-zero percent chance that he is a dude. I still think he has that possibility. And I think if you're dismissing that out of hand after year one, I think that's pretty foolish. And the thing is, too, he doesn't have to be necessarily top dude in the NFL from Jump Street. Like, Justin Herberts don't happen. They just straight don't happen more often than not. And the thing is, look at the chargers they obviously make the move for mac and it's partially because they have that flexibility to take on that giant cap number because justin fields or because justin fields justin herbert is on the rookie deal the thing is like they they can do that but expecting that from a guy year 1 is not fair because justin herbert literally put up one of the best rookie quarterback seasons of all time it's just that, you know, the rest of that team around him and Anthony Lynn was a thing. So seeing him now in a year with Brandon Staley, a little bit more optimized offense and what they could be if they get any sort of defense around them going into this year, even in that insane AFC West, like that's, it's going to be really interesting. 3 2 67, 67. Pink is in Dalton, and Pink's on the score.
0: Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, how are you? Hey, so check it out. Earth, that last call was talking about Jay Fields. All I want to say is that man is a showman. He is a rock star. Matter of fact, he is Deshaun Watson, okay? All right? So, like, I'd be mad if the Bears had the number one pick this year. There ain't no studs, no blue chips, nothing like that. You sure. know, but... Everybody out there, just look at YouTube, look at the Justin Fields story, how he was doubted, and uh, him and Trevor Lawrence and all that, you know. he go, He's going to come. He's going to come. Like, I was mad he only played eight games this year. And that last game, they said he had COVID. I bet that was a lot. But just give, just give him a little bit of time. This is the year. That's all I got to say.
1: All right. I appreciate you calling. I appreciate him staying in his car with the door open, too. <laughs> that's also one of my favorite things is the, uh, is the background sounds and trying to figure out where someone is or what they're doing at the time that they're calling, especially as, as a producer, that's just one of the things that I love. Now there's, that was the exact opposite call where do I think, am I a hundred percent convinced Justin Fields is the dude after one year? No, but you know what? This isn't first take don't have to be on one side or the other yet it's one of the reasons i don't watch the show it's funny i tell people that and they don't believe me and it's like literally and part of it's like because of the, the shift that i've worked like pre-layoff post-layoff like because of the shift that i work i haven't haven't watched the show but like the last time i like truly watched the show in that time slot it was cold pizza when and it, oh, who it was I forget the other host. It was like Dana Jacobson and that guy who I can't think of right now. Either way. Point is the whole debate show thing I hate with a fiery passion. Like there's there's some element of fun to it for people that don't actually take it seriously, but there's too many that actually think that's the way this industry is, and it really shouldn't be that way. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty-seven's the number. Talking about the Bears and Kind of possibilities for Deshaun Watson, too. Not the Bears, but just in general with all these quarterback needy teams out here. Before we talk with Brian Perez at the top of the hour, talk about Bears draft their offseason plans and what they could do and what you could expect this upcoming offseason. We'll do that. And Tyler Morales on college basketball. We got to get to all the baseball news. The Bulls are getting healthier. There's a lot to do before nine o'clock here on the score.
0: This is Sports Radio 670, The Score, Chicago's sports station. Second and ten coming up for Chicago. Oh. Oh. He's there. He's going to outrace his blockers and outrace everybody. In the secondary, he goes, and he will not be caught. Touchdown, Chicago!
1: That highlight from CBS had to go all the way back to 2018 to find a Tariq Cohen highlight. <laughs> it's been a minute since he's been on the field. And then when he's been on the field to find him being really effective, I'm Rick camp. I'm here with you until nine o'clock. We'll speak with Brian Perez of the draft network at the top of the hour. Talk bears off season plans and NFL free agency. Cause it is going to be a fascinating one. Maybe even more so than kind of the top of the draft. Cause we got into a little bit. I don't. I, whenever you introduce callers, and this is part of the reason a lot of shows aren't that big on callers anymore, and quite frankly, I don't, I don't blame them, is because you never quite know where it's going. However, sometimes the best part is not necessarily knowing where it's going. So we somehow stumbled upon the draft a little bit there, and just this is a weird year because there's not a top quarterback really to be had, like outside of a guy getting pushed up the board because of positional. Uh, importance and scarcity. It's not really a quarterback that's that great in this draft. So that's something that that we touched on, and a couple texters interested in would you trade Fields for Deshaun Watson? And the answer is no. I personally do not want Deshaun Watson anywhere near a football team that I root for. That's a personal decision for me, but also. I, I guess I'd rather take the lottery ticket than everything you'd have to give up along with the contract and everything for Deshaun Watson and everything that would go along with it. And yes, from uh, a couple people pointing this out, if Justin Fields were in this draft class, multiple, I don't claim to be a draft Nick by any stretch of the imagination a vast, vast, vast majority of your draft Knicks say Justin Fields would be the one, the first pick in the draft in this draft. So that's just something to keep in mind when you're thinking about this draft class and what those first round picks mean this draft. However, there's a lot of other really good players out there. Just it positions, you know, God forbid, not as important as the quarterback to success. Three run two, six 6767 Seven oh two texter. Polls notices the Bears line never helped fields up. Never and never saw an Aggie correct that. I mean, I I appreciate the sentiment there. Not the thing I'm worried about the most. Now, one thing I did find interesting is when you're thinking about, you know, what free agency is in the NFL and just trying to necessarily plug holes so that we can kind of draft whatever's available, whatever's best available to you. If there was one player to maybe spend a little bit on, maybe it's an interior lineman. Now, I don't, and this is not an original name to me. This has been thrown out there by quite a few people, but if Ryan Jensen, the center for the Bucks, pretty much wasn't prioritizing winning, wanted to come to the Bears, that would be fantastic for Justin Fields. If you can get him a really good center to help with those line calls and just make his life easier, make the offensive line's life easier, that would be huge. Huge for what the Bears could do. Just in terms of, as I, as I mentioned before, If you're taking some of these assets away from the defense, because of how much money's been allocated to the defense over the Matt Nagy era, which is another, you know, thing to indict Ryan Pace with, and moving those to how can you maximize the quarterback and learn as much as you can about him in the next couple years, so you know if he's the guy, so you know if you can rebuild around, so you know you can build around him, or if you have to get back in that quarterback pool in a couple years, which hopefully bears don't have to do because you look at some of these options that these teams are looking at like essentially the entire nfc south outside of atlanta and that's only because matt ryan's hanging on for dear life at this point carolina new orleans tampa they're all looking i mean you have a lot of teams seattle now is still looking daniel jeremiah of the nfl network reported that A lot of people around the league assume Deshaun Watson's going to end up in Seattle now that they've traded Russell Wilson over to Denver and they have a couple extra draft uh, first round picks to be able to play with. Maybe that'd be a thing that they do. I don't know that that's what he's throwing out there, but bears have been through this before. So they have to put the focus. Essentially. think about it this way. If you're probably not going to win anyway, this year, shouldn't you try and learn as much as possible about the most important person on your roster? That's the thing. Like, that's what you should, that's what the focus should be in a year where clearly, based on how the cap is being handled right now, and that's obviously not the only indication of how a team is going to handle their season, that the, the focus should be offensive line, playmakers. Just make life easier for Justin Fields. If instead of the Bears losing games like 20-17 to 17 this year, if they're losing games, 35,31, okay, I'm here for that because that means your offense is playing better. That probably means Justin Fields is pretty good at football. That probably means your life is getting easier moving forward as a franchise because you've probably got a dude. That's how you have to look at it. If you're going 5 and 13 regardless, or 6 and 12 which is I'm still doing like the math of the 18 game thing, or the 17-game thing, whatever it ends up being. 18 weeks, 17 games. There you go. Math. Whee! Uh, That that still messes with me, and it's going to. I'm going to keep messing that up. So 5 and 12. 6 and 11. That's what it is. Math. Whatever. You get into this industry to not have to do math, except for some fractions. Top and bottom of the hour, quarter hours. That's pretty much it, though. Two and four. It's really all you got to do in radio. And then whenever you have more, you know, more intense math things to do, you bring people on or you listen to Bernstein. One of the two. 644 6767s is the number. At seven, we're going to kind of go a whip around three to a few different sports, a few different things here in the seven o'clock hour. 740. We'll hear from Tyler Morales about MGM tonight giving us a a tournament primer, some teams he's looking for, some guys maybe for the NBA draft that are interesting. Bulls won't have a chance at them, but just guys that are interesting to keep an eye on for the next level. 720 twenty, will go over some of the baseball happenings today. The Cubs made a signing. Baseball is back. It's been over a day, and now we're like, where's all this action? But at the top of the hour, Brian Perez of the Draft Network talk about Bears offseason. We'll get to him next. I'm Rick Camp. I'm here with you till 9 o'clock on The Score.